The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning to everybody. Welcome to the Hawaii Association's 54th State Annual Convention. This is our very first virtual convention. Um, So we are pleased that you all are here today and hope, actually we not hope, we know that you folks will have a wonderful day today with us during our convention. Um, you know, I, I just want to say right off the, from the top, thank you to everybody, uh, AC, ACP radio team and all for making this possible. And I also would like to just kind of make a quick shout out and let you folks know that our um, keynote Speaker for the day is going to be Janet Dickelman. So again, I want to thank Janet for being here with us today and spending some time during our convention. So to start off our convention, I would like to get the pledge done. The pledge will be done by three of our HEB members. They are Ernie Udo and Jim Earhart and Sam Asing. So please play the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which we stand. One nation under God, indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. Thank you to Ernie, Jim, and Sam for the pledge. The uh, next thing up on our agenda or convention here is for us to play our national anthem oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets would Still there, oh, say does that star spangled banner yet o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? Oh, how wonderful! Much mahalo, Monica, for doing the national anthem for us. That was really, really terrific. 
Um, following with this, uh, for this year, we were lucky enough to um, actually get in touch with uh, Kamehameha Schools. And we had gotten some of their students to actually uh, engage in our con uh, convention this year. So I'm going to ask that we play the um, audio file for the, the, the Hawaii Anthem from the KS. Thank you so much, uh, Kamehameha Schools. Just a little side note to that for um, all, all in attendance here. You know, um, these three individual uh, students, they took it upon themselves to take part in our convention. They were interested in doing so. And I found out later after the recording was done that they actually did each part, each vocal part, as a separate track. And then they then blended all the tracks together and that's um, music as well. The music was also a separate track. So hands up to the Kamehameha school kids because they really did a fantastic job. Okay. Um, as far as, in terms of our um, invocation, I'd like to introduce uh, Father Lane and have him do the invocation for us. Members of the Hawaii Association for the Blind on your 54th annual convention. My name is Father Lane Akiona. I'm a religious priest with the Congregation of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary, who brought the Catholic faith to Hawaii in 1827. I'm presently the pastor at St. Augustine's Church by the Sea in Waikiki. I'd like to open our prayer with some Hawaiian verse, and then our puli, our prayer for you, will participate in this annual convention. Ohiano palaya hovihana i e haolikako aelea ilalia. 
This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Holy cock fold, let us pray. Aloha keakua. You are the God of the eternal spirit, creator of the universe. We ask your blessings upon this 54th annual convention of the Hawaii Association of the Blind. It is a time to be renewed in our connectedness as members, provide mutual support and shared resources. You call us to be witnesses in our communities and especially to our global community of your immense love and care for us and all people whom you guide with your eternal spirit. Teach us to always reach out to those who are in need, especially the blind and visually impaired. May your spirit of wisdom guide us in a world that challenges us with many uncertainties. Calm and nurture our spirits that are focused in you, God of the eternal spirit. Bless all who participate in this convention, our speakers, those who help us in this unique service of caring, and especially our benefactors and donors for their continued support and kokua. May we always be good stewards in sharing what we have received from others and in building your kingdom of acceptance of all, assurance of love for humanity, filled with peace and justice in a world very often can be hostile to those who believe in you. May his blessings. And I will close with this verse from the scriptures. Na Yahova oi e ho maika i mai, ai malama mai, na Yahova e kau mai i kamakalam, malamalama o konamak maluna i o. Ai loko maika i mia oi, na Yahova e mali o mai i oi, e havi mai maluno ne. If the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Mahalo, Father Lane. Beautiful, beautiful. As we move forward to our convention, um, I'd like to have um, the, well, let me first explain. Um, we have made some changes or proposed changes to our bylaws. And so in doing that, or because of that, we must uh, read the changes to that section of the bylaw, bylaw nine. And we'd like to read it to you folks now, the, the members, uh, because later on during our business section, we will be discussing this and you folks will be voting on it. So uh, we're gonna play that right now. And then after that, you folks are, you know, going to do it in, in the business section. So please uh, take note if you have to take notes on this and then we'll come back to it at the uh, one o'clock hour. So we're going to go ahead and play the uh, bylaw nine. Bylaw nine. Members who leave the state but remain in good standing shall have their membership retained except 
They shall not serve on the board of directors or chair standing committees. However, they may complete an existing term. B, in rare instances where persons are allowed to join ACB, though they may never have been residents of Hawaii, they may not hold office or serve as standing committee chairs. All right, thank you, Maureen, for um, doing that for us and reading it. Again, guys, uh, we'll be playing that again at the one o'clock hour during the business section for you folks again to hear and uh, understand. Um, I would say that this part of the, the morning is, um, um, my portion is pretty much done. So I am going to hand this over to Antonia Vega, who's gonna be the MC for the rest of the morning. Um, this is tradition for Hawaii to do. And so with that said, uh, and Antonio, um, yep. can I can I have you come on and introduce yourself? Sure, sure. I just want to make sure. Can you all hear me? Uh, Art, can you hear me? Very good. Very good. We can, all right. We can. Wonderful. Wonderful. So good morning, Hello. everyone. All right. So once again, I'd like to welcome you all, uh, our HAB members and uh, anybody uh, not in Hawaii out there uh, listening via ACB radio. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Welcome to the 54th Annual uh, State Convention. Uh, we were founded in uh, 1967, so uh, yay for that. We've been around for quite a while, and it's, it's great to uh, you know, be here in a, a virtual capacity for the first time. So uh, first time for everything, and, and thanks to uh, ACB for making this possible. Uh, we've been through a lot this past year, but we're glad that we can be here uh, basically on schedule for the most part we we <laughs> normally i think we do this in, in april but you know we got this put together and we are here so uh just a few things we, we got our first uh speaker coming up at 8 20 but uh, i just want to mention today is of course may 1st and uh in hawaii that's a special day now i am hardly the the best person to teach everybody about Hawaii. We have uh, many members here, who, of course, who were born and raised here, and I was not. But, you know, living here, I've come to learn a whole great deal about Hawaii and, and really come to appreciate uh, here for the past, uh, I came here in 2014. And uh, of course, today, May 1st, is Lay Day. So Lay Day is a day to, uh, well, I guess, commemorate like the uh, Aloha spirit and, of course, the lei. So the lei is, of course, that kind of flower necklace, to put it simply, right, that everybody knows from like movies and TV shows. If you've never been to Hawaii, you've probably seen it on, on TV or heard about it. And uh, usually there are many events in which people, you know, they, they put together leis and uh, there's, you know, hula and a whole bunch of events across the state. Now, of course, this year is a little, maybe a little different, not quite the usual uh, fair, but uh, still, I think uh, a great day to, to remember that and uh, keep that in mind. And uh, um, if you're ever in Hawaii on May 1st, you want to keep an eye out for that because I'm sure uh, you'll run into uh, some events uh, for Lay Day. Now, um, let's see. So we've got uh, a few more minutes, but um, now uh, I'd like to uh, mention here. If I may, Antonio, I'll just yes. jump in here a little bit. Yes. Nope. Um, so, you know, folks, being that this is our first uh, convention doing virtual, you might, you might noticing that, yes, we are trying to fill in some time here because things are moving a little quicker than we had anticipated. But um, again, I, I just really want to 
commend our team, you know, HEB here for a, a good, a well job done. And, um, you know, uh, the expert help that we're getting in making this happen uh, could not be done without. So, so again, hands off to everybody involved on that. And as um, Antonio was saying, you know, Hawaii, uh, we have a thing, you know, we call this May Day, Lay Day. And if you folks know, or I can see some of you, um, I think we have a backdrop of um, lays uh, uh, that we would normally have on a day like this, because, you know, on a day like this, May Day, uh, Lay Day, folks are usually wearing lays and, you know, uh, to celebrate that particular thing. And we thought about doing that and having all of the speakers wearing lays, but we just didn't know how to get it to everybody. So we came up with this idea of having a pretty picture with a bunch of lays, which is lays are made of all the different colors and flowers in Hawaii and people wear them around their necks. It's a traditional thing that uh, the Hawaiian people have done in the past to honor others and to give uh, significant, you know, uh, notation to someone who is uh, royalty or someone who is an ali'i, as we would say here in Hawaii. Uh, so that's just some background for you folks to see what's happening in the in the background here. Uh, and so I think at Antonio, I think. We are good. I'm going to yeah. step away. And normally we'd be giving lays to everybody who comes up to speak. So uh, we're giving to you, uh, we're giving them virtually this year. <laughs> yeah, virtually. All right, guys, I am done. I'm going to step away for a uh, promise and I'm going to leave this to Antonio. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty much right on time here. So um, I'll, I'll go ahead and introduce the first uh, speaker who is the uh, branch managing director of the uh, Hawaii State Library for the uh, Blind and Print Disabled, Baron Barossa. Well, hello everyone, and thank you for inviting me to the annual conference of the Hawaii Association of the Blind. I'm always grateful for the invitation because it gives me the opportunity to say thank you to all of you. HAB has been a steadfast supporter of the library for so many years. Of course, last year was especially hard for everyone, which is why it's important to note that without HAB's generous donation, we wouldn't have been able to cope very well with the pandemic or fund some very important initiatives regarding the production of Hawaii-based audiobooks. For the first half of the year, we spent a lot of time and financial resources dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. We had to adjust the layout of the public and staff areas and purchase a mobile stand-up computer station for our catalog computer, all to ensure that staff and members of the public were socially distanced. We also had to purchase a wireless intercom system to be able to communicate with patrons outside our door before allowing closer contact. Additionally, we had to purchase personal protective equipment and cleaning supplies for the library. Now, in that respect, we were lucky because the Hawaii State Public Library System provided a lot of things like disposable gloves, face masks, hand sanitizer, and disinfectant. The problem is it's difficult for the library system to purchase these items on a large scale. So we occasionally find ourselves making extra purchases to supplement our supplies. In addition to the pandemic, NLS was making a big push. NLS, of course, is the National Library Service for the Blind. 
they were making a big push to get more people to use its online book download system. They've been encouraging libraries like ours to make sure our local collections are available on digital audio. As a result of that, we needed to upgrade and enhance some of our recording equipment. We purchased high capacity hard drives so that we can set up a server in which to store all of our newly converted audiobooks. We also had to purchase new storage devices for our radio reading service computers so that we could have reliable backup for our radio program library. Additionally, we had to purchase new microphones and cables for our recording studios to get the best quality audio for our locally produced books. So again, we were very fortunate to have funding from the Hawaii Association of the Blind. Your support has always meant a lot to us, but it has meant so much more this year. Now, I think most of you know a little bit about us and our mission, but for those of you who don't, let me tell you a little bit about what we do. The Library for the Blind and Print Disabled provides reading materials, playback equipment, and other library services to those who are unable to read or use regular print materials due to a visual or physical disability. We were established in 1931 at the same time that the National Library Service for the Blind was established by the U.S. Congress. We were one of the original 19 libraries in the system. Now there are almost 90 of us, actually a little more than 90 of us, and they're located in every state and territory in the country. By working with NLS, we're able to provide free Braille and digital audiobooks to eligible patrons with visual disabilities. LBPD serves residents of the state of Hawaii, as well as the U.S.-affiliated Pacific Islands, which includes Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, the Federated States of Micronesia, the Marshall Islands, and Palau. We're also part of the Hawaii State Public Library System, which has 51 branches on six islands, and we'll talk more about the public libraries a little bit later. Our services are eligible, uh, are available to only certain individuals. To qualify for services, you'd have to have any of the following disabilities. Blindness, any other visual disability that prevents you from reading standard printed material, a physical limitation that prevents you from being able to manipulate or handle standard printed material, or a reading disability resulting from an organic dysfunction like dyslexia that prevents you from reading printed material in a normal manner. These disabilities have to be certified by a competent authority, which can include doctors of medicine, doctors of osteopathy, ophthalmologists, optometrists, registered nurses, therapists, and professional staff of hospitals, institutions, and public or private welfare agencies like educators, social workers, and counselors. To be eligible for the service, you have to be a resident of the United States, an American citizen living abroad, or a dependent of an active military personnel or diplomat. Now, what kind of materials do we provide? Well, NLS has a collection of full-length books and magazines in digital audio, Braille, and e-Braille format. NLS provides these materials and the audio playback equipment to us, and we circulate them to our patrons. We have access to almost 115,000 titles in audio and almost 26,000 titles in Braille. 
When you become a patron, you can choose to select your own reading material or allow one of our reader advisors to help you select material based on your reading preferences. If you prefer to select your own, you can use catalogs provided by NLS, which helps you choose fiction and nonfiction titles for adults or children, as well as magazines and foreign language books in either audio or braille. Special equipment is needed to play the digital audiobooks and the magazines, and we provide them. Uh, we have a standard digital talking book player and an advanced version of the player. They play the audiobooks, which are um, stored on USB, USB flash drive cartridges, and they're pretty easy to use. When you press any button on the player, uh, it'll speak to describe the button you selected and its function. We also work with libraries on Maui, Kauai, and the Big Island that have the playback equipment available on hand to lend out to registered patrons. In addition to the audio and braille materials we lend out, we also have books in large print. Uh, there are fiction and nonfiction books, mostly at the adult reading level, but we have a few young adult and children's titles as well. You have to have a Hawaii State Public Library System library card in order to borrow these books, and we can help set you up with that. For people who have low vision, large print books are a good alternative to audio or braille because the, uh, the print is large enough to read with corrective lenses or other magnifying tools. Uh, the type size is at least 14 points, but 18-point font size is most often used. These books also have better letter and word spacing and have flexible binding to allow the book to lie flat when you open it up. LBPD also has a small but growing collection of movies and documentaries on DVD that has the audio description feature. Audio description, as many of you know, is a narration service that describes the images and actions happening on the screen. It guides the listener with concise descriptions of new scenes, settings, costumes, body language, etc., all slipped in between portions of dialogue. Um, registered patrons can also download digital audio and e-braille materials to their own personal devices. NLS has an online system called BARD, which stands for Braille and Audio Reading Download Service. You have to apply to get access to the BARD collection. And then you can download audiobooks to a personal computer and transfer the files to a flash drive or a cartridge so that you can play them back on the talking book player. Or you can download these um, audiobooks directly to a mobile device like a smartphone, a tablet, or uh, one of those handheld media players. NLS provides the mobile app software for either Android or Apple devices. Uh, but if you download the electronic Braille files, you have to have your own refreshable Braille device to read them. Uh, we also have books uh, for young readers, and they may be requested from LBPD or downloaded directly from BARD. These materials can be found on the NLS Kids Zone website, which is an online catalog of titles specifically meant for preschoolers through grade eight. Uh, grade eight. They have award-winning titles, biographies, popular series, and materials for teachers of the visually impaired, and a lot more. Um, in addition to providing books and magazines, we also transcribe materials from print into either audio or braille. If an LBPD registered user needs to transcribe a small document like meeting notes, invitations, newspaper articles, etc., we'll provide the service for free. 
Uh, we also provide it to qualified students, government agencies, and nonprofit organizations, but small fees may be applied for supplies only. We also transcribe books published in Hawaii into audiobooks so our patrons can borrow them in the audio format. We have a staff of trained volunteer narrators who record books at our recording studios located here in the library. The library also has a radio reading service. It's a closed circuit radio broadcast carried over a subchannel of Hawaii Public Radio. Currently, the signal is available only on Oahu and parts of Maui. LBPD provides the special radio receiver needed to listen to the broadcast. The service is on 24 seven, and we normally have live programming Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., except on Tuesdays when it airs from 10 to 11 a.m. But the pandemic has kind of put a hold on that for now because we're keeping uh, our volunteer readers at home. Volunteers also read portions of the Star Advertiser, including the local news articles, editorials, letters to the editor, obituaries, and feature articles of local interest. They also read articles from other publications like Midweek, Honolulu Magazine, Pacific Business News, the Hawaii Herald, and um, other periodicals. And our volunteers also read grocery ads from Times, Foodland, Safeway, Longs, and other retail outlets. All of our pre-recorded programs are aired on the radio reading service throughout the day. We also air other programs provided by national organizations that, that produced audio content for libraries like ours. The library also makes available for use in the library only special equipment to people with visual disabilities. If you visit the library, you can use our public internet computers, which has uh, the screen enlarging software Zoom Text and the text-to-speech software JAWS. Uh, we also have video magnifiers, which are available to enlarge the size of a print document or to add contrast to increase visibility of a document. Those are our services in a nutshell. Uh, for those of you who might not qualify, please know that the Hawaii State Public Library System has many great resources and services that are free and available to residents in the state of Hawaii. Once you get a library card, which is free to all Hawaii residents, you have access to a lot of stuff. Hundreds of thousands of books, DVDs, CDs, magazines, newspapers, and other items in libraries across the state. If your neighborhood library doesn't have a particular item, another branch might, and it could be delivered to your branch for you to borrow and pick up. Currently, because we're still under pandemic restrictions, patrons can only visit libraries for only one 45-minute session per day. Libraries also have occupancy limits. The bigger libraries will allow no more than 20 people in the building at any given time, and the smaller branches can accommodate no more than 10. But even with these restrictions, we are open, and we do encourage you to make use of your neighborhood public library. If you're concerned about the pandemic and don't want to make a trip to the library, we have ebooks and e-audiobooks that you can download from our digital collection. We also have online databases on almost any subject you can think of. If you're doing research and you need to find articles or studies, you can get authoritative information right there at your fingertips. You have to have uh, internet access and a device like a computer or a smartphone to access or download these items. 
Well, that concludes my presentation today. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak. If you have any questions about this presentation, or you know anybody who might benefit from our free services, please have them contact us. Our number is easy to remember. It's 733-8444. That's 733-8444. And my email address is baron.barosa at librarieshawaii.org. We're open Monday through Friday from 9 to 4. So give us a call. Our friendly staff is there and are happy to provide you with more information. Again, thank you so much to uh, all of our friends at the Hawaii Association of the Blind for inviting us to speak today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Baron. Uh, it was great. So um, before uh, we move on to the next speaker, we have a few things. Uh, first of all, I thought this was a good opportunity to remind everyone that we are on Facebook. So uh, go ahead and give us a like there. We are uh, facebook.com slash Hawaii Association of the Blind. You can find us pretty easily, I think. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, we've got a whole bunch of door prizes. So, um, we've got stuff to give away and that's thanks to some very, very kind, uh, donations. And, uh, we've put that all together so that, uh, we can make some people happy because <laughs> people like, uh, getting free stuff. I, I certainly do. So let me pull up my list here. Let, let's give out maybe, uh, I think we have time for, uh, maybe, maybe two. We'll see. Uh, so let me pull up my list here. Number one. Uh, let's see. Okay. So first up, we have a donation of three handmade masks made by Mona Yamada, who is great at uh, making all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm sure these are beautiful masks. Um, so uh, our first winner here is... Terry Higashi. So Terry, congratulations. Uh, you will be getting three handmade masks by Mona Yamada. Thank you so much, Mona, once again. Uh, and uh, let, let's do one more. We've got quite a few door prizes and uh, might as well give them away. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Number two here. Uh, what do we have? Oh, okay. Now we've got... We've got a $25 Amazon gift card that was donated by, uh, let's see, oh, Kyle Lacanzi. Okay, so, and the winner of this gift card is, da, 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 oh, Karen Idol, I-E-I-D-E-L. Yeah, I Idol. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but uh, once again, Karen Idol. So thank you so much to Kyle for donating that. And uh, congratulations to uh, Karen. Uh, so we will be getting that to you. All right. Uh, I think I think we'll uh, keep it at that for now. But if, um, you know, We'll be doing this throughout the rest of the convention, so make sure to stay in between the speakers because uh, you might win something. All right. Um, so continuing with, um, you know, of course, this year, it's not just uh, our own HAB members. We have uh, people possibly listening, you know, in other places of the country. And so uh, we thought we'd sprinkle in just a couple things here and there related to Hawaii, a little bit of information for anybody that's not familiar with Hawaii. But um, one interesting little fact here is that um, 
this here, Hawaii, is the only place with a palace. We actually have a palace here. There's, there's no other place uh, in, in the United States that has a palace. It's called Iolani Palace. It's absolutely beautiful. I've been there a couple times. I, I've taken uh, my mom there when she came to visit, and, and she had a wonderful time. And there's so much great history there. Um, you learn about the Hawaiian kingdom. And uh, actually, I, I believe the uh, palace had electricity before the White House, too. So there's all kinds of really, really interesting history there. Um, if, if you're ever in Hawaii, of course, you know, that, that is one of the go-to places that you uh, want to check out. Again, Iolani Palace. That's I-O-L-A-N-I. Let's uh, go ahead. We can introduce our next guest, our next speaker, the Orientation Center and Field Services Supervisor of the Hopono Center for the Blind, Leah Diaz. Aloha, you guys. Thanks for allowing me to zoom in. And congratulations on your 54th annual convention of the Hawaii Association of the Blind. For those of you who I haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, my name is Leah Diaz, and I am the administrator of the Ho'opono Services for the Blind branch uh, of the Hawaii Division of Vocational Rehab, DBR. Um, you know, today makes just about one year since we shut down in-person services at Ho'opono. And since then, you know, we've been preparing um, to reopen safely with the help of our VR administration and the Department of Human Services. Um, we've been stockpiling lots of PPE, you know, gloves and gowns and um booties and hand sanitizer and disinfecting wipes and plexiglass and all that kind of stuff in our building, um, preparing, waiting to reopen to serve you. Um, we've got, we've set up hand sanitizing stations all throughout the building. Um, when we do reopen, it's, it's, it's an overused term, but it's going to be a new normal. Um, but, but we can't wait. Um, Staff have been um, staff at Ho'opono have been deemed essential workers, so the majority of our staff have received two COVID vaccines, and um, so that will help uh, toward the reopening. And slowly by slowly, most of our staff who were exclusively teleworking have been gradually transitioning um, to coming back into the building to work. Um, in pods and, you know, maintaining all the CDC rules and all that kind of stuff and just getting used to being in person together again. Even though we've stayed very well in touch, um, thanks to things like Zoom, uh, even though we're not all together in person here, we're meeting, I know our management meeting here meets three times a week. The whole Pono, myself and the whole Pono supervisors meet together. Um, on a regular basis to talk about everything that's going on and, and not only COVID related stuff, but continuing the services to, to our consumers out there, making sure that this uh, new way of doing business is not resulting in de undue delays um, or things, you know, people getting lost in the shuffle. It's very important to me and to all of our staff that all of our services continue to be provided 
you know, even during this pandemic over the past year since the last time I spoke with you folks. So, you know, in the meantime, all of our services have been provided mostly virtually, um, which is not ideal, obviously, but all of our staff, like I said, remain dedicated and connected to our consumers out there in the community from our teens in the schools to our people who are searching for work, who are in New Visions training, who are working now, um, uh, to our older blind kupuna in their homes. Um, it's our main goal to make sure that everyone is connected and still receiving services. We've also continued to work on cultivating our relationships with our community partners um, like the Department of Education, uh, employers, uh, consumer organizations of the blind, and, and others to continue to find more resources for our consumers. And I want to tell you a little bit about just some examples of ways that Ho'opono has been reaching out to the community, um, even during the pandemic over this past year. And these are just a few examples, but, um, we There was a situation where we worked with a state legislator, uh, DHS administration, and the State Department of Health to enable a blind person who was experiencing COVID symptoms but had no transportation to get to testing to actually be able to receive that testing that they needed. So that's an example of the type of outreach, different questions we've been getting during this pandemic time. Um, we've been sending out information, whether it's through email or posted on our Facebook page about all kinds of things, not only pandemic related unemployment, PPP, but also blindness related things, things going on in the community, meetings going on, things like that. Um, Ho'opono classes that we've been inviting the community into. Um, we've done virtual presentations, our staff has, to I know Queens Medical Center, as well as Hawaiian Electric. So again, we are not only doing, you know, public awareness type activities, but also always looking for employment opportunities for our consumers. Our staff also, um, Gavin Abe helped put together a video that included all of our staff kind of having a little part in um, encouraging everyone to mask up during this time. So I hope you all had a chance to see that. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, we've given, because we can't have people from the public coming into our building on a regular basis, uh, we do get a lot of requests for tours. So we've done um, virtual tours. And uh, we, I know the New Vision staff put together a virtual tour for Aloha Independent Living so that they could see, you know, what happens in all the different classrooms in the New Visions program. And um, we also did a tour for Hawaii Baptist kids because every year we enjoy having them come in and be able to, you know, meet blind people, ask questions, things like that. One of the things we haven't been able to do is the Braille reading in the schools, which um, I always, you know, thank uh, HAB members, in particular Maureen Sheedy, for helping to keep that alive. But during pandemic, obviously, 
Um, that hasn't been happening, but we hope to start that up again uh, soon, I hope. Um, we uh, we partnered with Lanaquila Pacific, who are our neighbors here uh, next door in the building. Uh, they got a temporary uh, a grant to provide additional meals on a temporary basis to seniors in their homes who have disabilities. And so uh, through our through Gavin and our older blind teachers, we were able to help to feed blind Kupuna in the community with uh, the grant from Lanaquila. Uh, I also understand that we had some excess braille supplies that we were able to donate to the VI teachers in the DOE. We uh, worked, we actually opened up our building on a limited basis in order to put together a video resume for one of our VR consumers who's looking for employment. And that was done very professionally and very well. Um, so that was that was an instance where we saw somebody in person. You may have seen some, a story in the news on Hawaii News Now. Uh, we recognize that um, all small businesses in Hawaii are suffering during the pandemic, and that includes our blind vendors. And so uh, we worked together with Department of Human Services Public Information Officer to spotlight uh, Chris Akamine, who's a blind vendor at the Liliuo Kalani building. Um, and also Gavin is working on a series of videos uh, spotlighting different blind vending facilities. I know that he did a great one with Ron Flormata. Ron, that was awesome. Um, and another one, I believe, with Wanda Takaesu out in Kakole. And there are gonna be more to come and we're gonna try and get those out via our Facebook page, as well as hopefully other uh, venues as well, in order to spotlight our blind vendors, to uh, increase their businesses, to uh, let the public know that many of our blind vendors are still open and to please come and, and patronize them. They're small businesses, just like any other small business that really needs help in order to continue to thrive. So. Um, also, through a con I got a call from Jim Kahui, who I understand retired from Blind Vendors Ohana, but he had a connection with Olelo. And so Gavin is now working um, with Olelo to put together another uh, spotlight um, of Ho'opono services, in particular the Blind Vending program, maybe other programs here, to again get the word out to the community. So. Jim Kahui, if you're out there and you happen to be watching, thank you. Um, we've continued to provide uh, things like long canes, folding canes, people call up just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean there's not still a need for canes. And we are the first place that people think of to call. So we've mailed them out. We've had people come here and pick them up. Um, even though our gates are locked, we're not gonna stop our services from being provided. And we understand how important canes are to blind people. So if you find yourself in that situation, please, please make sure and call us. Um, let's see, oh, during the, sorry, I have to look at my notes uh, here. It's kind of, I have an easier time speaking to you live than I do on Zoom. This is very odd for me, but, um, during the pandemic, 
maybe because the parks in the area here have been shut down, we noticed a lot more homeless individuals kind of making house in, uh, around our building, on our grounds. It's still going on. Um, so we needed to put up a security fence on the backside of the building where people were pretty much starting to camp out underneath our stairs, uh, which of course I have the utmost empathy for them. Um, many of them are facing additional challenges in a, you know, besides just being houseless. Um, so we've tried to connect them with other resources. Sometimes they'll take them, sometimes they won't. But the bottom line is we had health and safety issues um, because of the encampment there, as well as safety issues for our staff who leave the building through that back door that exits out into our parking lot. And so um, with the assistance of donations, we were able to put up a security fence. And so um, that has that problem has been alleviated, although there are still a lot of um, homeless folks that are sort of around the building and in the neighborhood. I've definitely noticed an increase there. Um, our next building project is a capital improvement project. We were able to get $500,000 from the legislature a couple years ago, and that project is to uh, reinforce the back of our building on the basement level, which is next to uh, the stream. You guys may be familiar with, there's a running stream behind our building. And the city uh, zoning folks said, you guys cannot do any more uh, building upgrades or renovations until you make sure that your building ain't gonna flood. So. That's our next project. It's expected to start, um, well, by the time you see this, it will have started in April and it's projected to go through January. It's a huge project. They're gonna be, you know, completely replacing the basement wall facing the stream. And uh, we're gonna have to move all of the staff who are downstairs to upstairs. We had to clear out decades old stuff from when downstairs used to be a sheltered workshop. And so staff have been working really, really hard um, to clear out the area as well as moving themselves and all their stuff upstairs temporarily. Um, and of course, it's going to be a long project. So, But uh, we were very fortunate to get that money from the legislature to make sure that our whole Pono building is secure and safe and a healthy place for all of us to work and for you all to come and see us. Uh, in the years to come. End video part two. As I'm speaking to you, um, of course, the legislature is still going on and there have been several um, items of interest in this year's um, legislature, which Ho'opono has been involved in. Just very briefly, um, the, the one that many of you may be familiar with was uh, SB 1233, which uh, was a proposal from the Department of Health to allow individuals uh, with mental health disabilities to participate uh, or to run uh, vending facilities in uh, state and county buildings. Um, DHS did provide comments on that measure. And uh, I want to thank 
um, all of you who provided testimony, um, which I know was all in opposition, uh, and especially to Ron and Beth who um, testified via Zoom in person. Of course, uh, testimony from individuals rather than agencies and from in particular blind individuals uh, is the most meaningful, I believe, to the legislature. So thank you for all of that. Um, that bill was deferred. So we need to still um, keep an eye on that because it could come up again in the future. Uh, while of course we have no ill will towards individuals with mental health concerns, um, and we do, of course, want everyone to have employment opportunities. I understand all of your concern about that bill. Uh, another bill that was, well, there was also um, the potential uh, for looking at our different funds, such as uh, our Randolph Shepard Revolving Fund, our donations account, uh, you know, the non-general fund type accounts. Uh, of course, because the state is uh, in pandemic and our economy has been uh, very severely affected, you know, it's understandable that the legislature is going to want to look at all of these different funds to see if they are necessary and if there's excess funds that they can take. Um, so far, uh, our funds have been okay. Um, but again, we are continuing to, to monitor that and we're hopeful that uh, the legislature will understand the importance of those funds to our, to, to individuals who are blind. So we'll just keep watching that, but for now everything seems okay. Another, uh, there was a concurrent resolution that was presented um, that was urging the department, uh, we did not uh, write this, but it was urging uh, the Department of Education to um, consider hiring uh, qualified blind individuals uh, to teach in the DOE. So uh, we did provide comments on that measure. And um, anytime there's gonna be employment opportunities for individuals who are blind or visually impaired, you know, Ho'opono is, is going to want to work together with the employer uh, to provide them with uh, qualified employees to fill their positions. So uh, we shall also see where, where that one goes. Uh, of course, we know that the VI teachers do a super fantastic job and we thank them so much for preparing our keiki as they transition from the DOE to Ho'opono. Um, and if there's any, you know, possibility of getting qualified blind individuals teaching there, uh, I think that can only be a good thing. Now I'd like to go through our different programs here at Ho'opono and tell you a little bit about uh, the services that we've been providing uh, over the past year. So starting with our vocational rehabilitation program, our VR counselors received about 65 referrals and they're managing a caseload of about 184 blind and visually impaired consumers. So we have uh, 42 transition students and 38 of those are still in high school. And the VR counselors and our employment specialists have placed and closed 
a good number of blind people um, over this past year, even again, despite the pandemic. Uh, their average wage is more than $20 per hour. I don't have the exact figure right now, but they are good paying, competitive, integrated jobs. Um, and the different kinds of jobs are uh, customer service reps, there is a rehabilitation counselor, an O&M instructor, a contract specialist, an office clerk, a blind vendor, produce clerk, an elementary school teacher, a housekeeper, a social worker, and a guest services person at a museum. So you can see there's a wide variety of jobs as usual, many of which are careers that are the result of um, higher education, also sponsored by Ho'opono's program and vocational rehabilitation. Uh, we haven't gotten any notices from any of our consumers that they have lost their jobs. We do know again, like I mentioned about uh, many blind vendors have had to close temporarily, I hope only temporarily during the pandemic. But other than that, we haven't heard of any of our folks losing their jobs. So that's, that's a good thing. If you or anyone you know is in that position where they've lost their job and they're blind, please, please contact us. Um, the Vocational Rehab Division uh, still does have a wait list for services. You may know that there are three categories. Number one, most significantly disabled. Number two, significantly disabled. And number three, not significantly disabled. The large majority of uh, people who apply for services who are blind are going to go into that first category. Uh, that first category has been completely served at this point. Anyone who is found to be in the first category when applying for services will be seen uh, you know, right away by Ho'opono. We still have about four people that are in the category two. So hopefully we will be able to work with them soon. We do not have any blind or visually impaired people in category three, which is the not significantly disabled category. So again, if you or anyone you know is in need of vocational rehabilitation services, uh, preparing for employment, independent living, blindness skills training, please contact me. I'll give you my contact information at the end of this speech. Uh, the older blind program, which is also part of our counseling section, has been very busy uh, over the past year during the pandemic. Again, providing services differently rather than going into people's homes um, and risking getting them sick or our staff getting sick. Um, we have been providing these services virtually. And that is a challenge. Teaching Braille, teaching cane travel, teaching home management. How do you do that virtually? Well, the answer is you get really creative and you do the best that you can. And again, obviously it's not the same as being in person, but we have continued to provide older blind services to our uh, consumers in the community uh, statewide, we got about 184 referrals, so way more than we got for vocational rehabilitation. Um, and we're all together working with about 200 blind and visually impaired kupuna throughout the state, helping them to be safe and independent, 
uh, in their homes and in their communities. Many have also been participating in some of the New Visions meetings as well. Speaking of New Visions, right now um, our number of students uh, in pandemic times and virtual times is way up. So we actually are serving um, 17 students right now. So they are uh, people who are eventually working toward employment or they are older blind clients and they are learning, like I mentioned, Braille, uh, home management, technology, cane travel, believe it or not, and participating in discussion groups. Um, so a lot of this is about learning skills. It's about learning uh, empowerment, self-advocacy, and it's about making sure that blind people are not isolated in their homes or in their communities or sometimes even in their own families. So, um, you know, again, my thanks to uh, the VR counselors, the older blind teachers, and the New Vision staff who um, have been continuing to provide instruction to consumers. Of course, all New Vision students learn about blind consumer groups, such as the HAB and the NFB, and they attend meetings as part of their training. Many of them will be watching this um, convention today. So, hi, New Vision students. Since the start of 2020, uh, New Visions has been operating with a lot fewer staff due to turnover with two resignations and two retirements. The residential counselor, a second O&M instructor, the Braille instructor, and the New Visions program secretary uh, positions are all still vacant. There's still a hiring freeze. And um, I, I just want to take a moment to recognize and thank uh, HAB uh, board and members. I want to thank Don Thompson and Stacy Fasuk for reaching out to me to ask how HAB can help to advocate to fill our Braille instructor position. Thank you for recognizing how important Braille is to blind people and I have been in touch with you to let you know the status um, and we'll continue to be in communication with you. But again, I wanted to take that moment to, to thank you um, for your advocacy, um, not only in this issue, but in many, many issues. New Vision staff are really looking forward to returning to in-person services again and because you know the essence of what makes the New Visions program so effective happens in person. And even, even though we haven't been in person, the New Vision staff has been able to again, you know, grow the program, you know, tremendously during these challenging times and are getting these remarkable attendance numbers by the students with the daily group meetings and individualized instruction in all of the areas I mentioned earlier. So thank you to the New Vision staff. Our blind vending program, also known as BEP, also known as the Randolph Shepherd program, has also been busy over the last year. Um, during the pandemic, obviously, you know, things are tough. Things are tough for the blind vendors. And our BEP uh, manager and staff 
have been doing the best they can to assist, uh, to provide uh, personal protective equipment, uh, to provide you know business management consultation. Uh, they've still been working on promotions and transfers. Right now, there are 41 blind vendors and there are 41 facilities. And of those 41, as of the time I am taping this on March 24th, um, 22 of the facilities are still closed due to COVID. And those are, in most cases, situations where vendors felt that it just didn't make sense for them to stay open because the occupancy and the customer base coming into their buildings just uh, wasn't enough for them to, to make money. They would lose money by staying open. We still have 19 facilities that are open though. Um, just to give you an idea of the loss in sales, from 2019 to 2020, if you compare those two years, gross sales fell 36% and average earnings fell 92% from $127,587 to $10,275. Right now, there are two students in training for who want to become blind vendors. They've both completed the uh, required Hadley School for the Blind classes online and in-class sessions have started and they will be going on for six months. And we also have another student who's interested in a future class um, who has chosen to attend New Visions before starting blind vending training, which we think is a great idea. Several more have completed the orientation session with counselors, uh, have expressed interest in becoming blind vendors. And um, so we continue to have inquiries uh, from consumers who are interested in going into the blind vending program, um, both from within Hawaii and even people from outside Hawaii asking but of course they have to be in Hawaii and in the Hawaii VR program first in order to become blind vendors. Um, let's see, oh, you know, very sadly, uh, we lost one of our blind vendors in December. That was Clifford Chong uh, from the Arizona Memorial. So um, we wanna express our condolences um, to his family and to all who knew Clifford on his loss, which is a great loss for, for our program. And selection of a, a successor a, a partner at the Arizona Memorial is currently in process and we should have an announcement on that hopefully soon for a new blind vendor who will be placed at the Arizona Memorial. <clears throat> also um, in March, uh, congratulations to Lorna Kipili'i who is a blind vendor at the Kapolei State Building. And um, she has retired and we should have a vacancy announcement coming out soon. We still have vacancies at the Honolulu District Court, Kona Judiciary, West Hawaii Civic Center, Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam Buildings 167 and 2. And at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, the Silver Dolphin Troop Dining Attendant contract uh, we bid on that and we've been going back and forth with, we did win it 
And then there were protests from the incumbent who had the contract previous to us, um, but that was dismissed in the courts and uh, Ivy Galariata will be taking over operations at the Silver Dolphin at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. So congratulations to her. That's a five-year contract uh, that started that will be starting on May 16th, just a couple of weeks from now. The Kanyohe Marine Corps Base, uh, which is another military troop dining contract, uh, has you know although we are continuing to operate with our current current blind vendor there, Virgil Stinnett, there is a continuing protest by the previous contractor, and hopefully this appears to be coming to an end. We, an, we anticipate an end to the protest and bidding and winning on the next contract in the near future. So hopefully we'll be able to keep Kanyohi Bay. Schofield Barracks, a military troop dining contract as well, is still in appeal. Uh, we have an ongoing arbitration uh, request for that one. So I, that is pretty much the report of our different programs here at Ho'opono. As you can hear, Despite the pandemic, uh, all of our staff have been busy, um, whether they are teleworking or they are coming into the building, they're all working very, very hard, sometimes under challenging circumstances. You know, some of them are parents who have kids in school and they're trying to juggle their work day with being teachers to their kids. They're sharing uh, internet connections and they're still managing to do it all and do it well. And so I wanna thank my staff very, very much for that. Um, you know, I, I really love the theme of your convention about continuing on and persevering through adversity because that has definitely been a theme for us as well this year. So yes, you know, just like the members of the Hawaii Association of the Blind, Ho'opono will continue to persevere continue to partner with you and work together with you to do all we can for the blind of Hawaii. And I want to thank, you know, in closing, I want to thank my friend, President Art. Uh, I want to thank the board, all the members of Hawaii Association of the Blind uh, for everything that you do for all the blind of Hawaii and the ways that you also help and support us. Let us know when we're doing things right and also let us know when we're not doing things right and how we can improve. And I always appreciate hearing from you. Um, if you would like to contact me, please do. You can call me at 808-586-5275 or email me at L-D-I-A-S as in Sam, at dhs.hawaii.gov. Thank you so much again. And I will be with you through this whole convention all day into the evening. And I look forward to hearing from everyone else as well. Wonderful. Uh, thank you, Leah. Um, actually, she pointed out something that uh, 
we didn't make uh, we didn't say out loud here uh, during the convention. But yeah, our theme is mo moving forward through adversity. And of course, putting this together was its own form of adversity. But thank you so much to ACB for helping us move forward through that adversity. And, and we're here and it's running along pretty smoothly, I think. So we're just going to jump uh, right into the next guest so we can stay on schedule. Um, so our next speaker is uh, from the, uh, let's see, Division of Vocational Rehabilitation. Admin she's an administrator. Her name is Maureen Bates. Aloha. My name is Maureen Bates, DVR's administrator. I remain committed alongside our staff and partners to our core values of service for the residents of Hawaii. I want to thank you for this opportunity today to reflect on how DVR's efforts to build workforce resiliency and parity for individuals with disabilities remains an imperative. According to recent census data and the 2020 Compendium of Annual Disability Statistics, Hawaii's current population of 1.4 million residents has identified over 286,000 adults as having disabilities. Approximately 39% of these residents were employed pre-pandemic. Given 62% of Hawaii's non-disabled residents were employed pre-pandemic, with unemployment rates at an all-time low close to 2%, it is remarkable to look at today's unemployment landscape in Hawaii, where we can estimate more than 67% of adults with disabilities are unemployed or underemployed. Hawaii's overall unemployment rate of 10.2% reported for January 2021 reflects the beginnings of our recovery from the worst unemployment rates in April and May of 2020, which, lower, which hovered above 21%. Government stimulus funds have helped reduce these unemployment rates to some degree in many areas of our state. Although access to these resources has been challenging, we all look to new service delivery models that require digital literacy and access. Diving deeper into the unemployment rates is important for us to consider in planning recovery strategies. Hawaii residents who represent the labor force that lost jobs, stopped looking, or are only working part-time jobs, also known as marginally attached to the workforce, represent an un unemployment rate today closer to 19.4% of working age adults without disabilities. This unemployment rate translates into an estimated 45% employment rate versus the 62 pre-pandemic rate of individuals without disabilities. As I mentioned, these rates are estimated to be much higher for adults with disabilities, probably closer to 67%. Within the demographics of a disparity for individuals with disabilities in Hawaii's workforce, we can see additional challenges among Hawaii's residents with disabilities that parallel the 2017 American Community Survey data. Among men and women with a cognitive disability, women earn 28.4% less than men. In addition, minorities with intellectual and development disabilities were 7% less engaged in jobs, earning 16.5% less than white individuals with the same disabilities, while having 9% less successful rates with get existing vocational rehab to integrated employment opportunities. DVR's efforts to strengthen workforce parity represents a remarkable return on investment for Hawaii's taxpayers and our legislative representatives. DVR receives over 13 million annually in federal funding with the state required matching funds of 3.9 million invested in DVR services annually. 
These federal and state funds support services and resources for consumers to develop their skills for engagement in Hawaii's workforce, job retention, advancement, opportunities, and, the resi and their resiliency for independent living. Pre-pandemic, DVR's participants engaged in Hawaii's workforce, generating over $3.9 million in tax revenue to the state as a result of their wages earned. This tax revenue coupled with federal funding represented a conservative return on investment to the state of 455%, much better than Wall Street. DVR's essential services annually funded with federal and state awards represents an opportunity to strengthen our consumer skills for Hawaii's workforce, advancement opportunities, and careers of their choice. During this economic crisis, DVR staff sustained essential services and supported 309 participants to obtain employment at an average hourly wage of $15.28 and 29 hours worked weekly. These individuals with disabilities generated over $3.7 in earnings during the past six months, adding over $305,000 to the state's tax revenues at a time when every, finding every coin in the couch matters. Some of these job placements included an accounting position at $27.90 an hour, compliance officer at $17.79 an hour, administrative services officer at $21 an hour, substance abuse and behavioral counselor at $20 an hour, environmental engineer position at $20 an hour, psychiatric technician at $20 an hour, teacher and social worker at $25.50 an hour, office worker at $15 an hour, cashier at 17, auto service technician at $16 an hour, census taker at $24 an hour. Amidst the pandemic in 2020, we celebrated over 100 years of vocational rehab services nationwide, as well as 30 years of the ADA's impact on community integration for Hawaii's residents with disabilities. This year, we recognize 85 years of the indelible impact of the Randolph Shepard Act from 1936 on both the opportunities for blind vendors to be engaged in Hawaii's workforce, as well as a model of best practices for all entrepreneurs, disabled and non-disabled. Through the collective support and advocacy of blind vendors, DVR's Hawaii Business Enterprise Program is looking to expand, refurbish facilities, and sustain vendors whose businesses have been impacted by this pandemic. Our federal funder, RSA, Rehabilitation Services Administration has authorized over 400,000 in federal funds to be distributed before September 30th, 2021 in support of these blind vendors and their recovery efforts. Statewide, employment is forecast to contract by 65,710 jobs from 719,780 7, in the first quarter of 2020 to just 674,070 jobs in the first quarter of 2022. The COVID-19 pandemic severely affected the economy and only five of 22 major industries are expected to fully recover during this two year period. The state's job market forecast looks to be strongest for employment in the construction industry, which will lead the state's recovery from the pandemic. Health support occupations will show the most resiliency coming out of the downturn, just 10 jobs short of pre-COVID employment levels. Jobs that support these two industries will also see growth opportunities. Hawaii's Department of Labor and Industrial Relations, DLIR, 
has identified the need for digital literacy to be strengthened among workers in order for Hawaii's residents to have local and global employment resiliency for the future and is investing in training and resources to support this initiative. DVR is collaborating with DLIR to support our consumers' individualized needs for digital literacy and access. Like our blind vending program, DVR understands the value of relationships and how our connections reinforce access, resources, and supports for our consumers as we get engage them with them in Hawaii's workforce. So with all this information I've shared, I want to ask you to consider what will you do as just one advocate to join us in our efforts? Today is May Day, also known as Lay Day. The lay made up of many flowers can be a metaphor for our interconnectedness that will surround the hopes of our consumers as they seek jobs in Hawaii's workforce. Thank you for being here today and being part of our statewide efforts to strengthen opportunities for equal pay for equal work among Hawaii's residents with disabilities. Aloha. Thank you, Maureen. We've got over 70 people uh, today. So uh, wonderful. That's great to see. Um, just I'll do one quick door prize and then we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, there's plenty more door prizes. So I'm, I'm saving those for when we're, we've got a little extra time, but right now we're running right on schedule. So um, okay, so our third door prize of the day is a $25 Starbucks gift card donated by Lara Tanigawa. Uh, thank you so much, Lara. And that is going to Bob Nakasone. Congratulations, Bob. I hope you enjoy that gift card. 